Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the August 1998 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Written by Robert G. Davis, 33rd Degree. The article is titled, So, What's in a a Meeting? There's an old story that tells of a father who, in guiding his son, told him to drive a nail into a post every time he did an evil thing and to withdraw one nail each time he did a good act. As the story went, the son did so, but as he was growing up, he always had one regret. He could not pull out the nail holes. They were a record of his life. For all the amending he did, they were always there to remind him of his flaws. Habits are like nail holes. Long continued, they become hard to break. The nail holes stay, and they remind us of bad decisions. Lodge meetings are very much the same way. In too many instances, our stated meetings have become habits that are hard to break. We treat them as if they were something part of a ritual. Everything's the same, and if you ask almost any sitting worshipful master why this is so, he will probably give you a blank stare. In all likelihood, the answer is that his lodge has been doing the same things at its business meetings for so long, they can't remember when it was done any other way, or if it was done another way. Our cobwebs have become cables. We open, read the minutes, pay the bills, close, drink some coffee, or go home. Our meeting happens only because time has elapsed since the last one. Sadly, in too many lodges, the business of masonry has become that of making no real decisions at all, and that's a bad decision for our fraternity. It wasn't always that way. If you could visit the European lodge of the mid-1700s, you would have been inspired by the men who were crowded into the lodge room. They were there for a noble reason. They were seeking to find a model of how good men could be governed and govern themselves in a manner that would permit freedom of individual thought. These meetings were devoted to creating a new social order that allowed men of all classes to meet together for no other reason than that they shared the same ideals. In its time, that was a revolutionary idea. If you could have visited an English lodge in the latter part of the 18th century, men were crowded there to soak in the lectures. These were a regular feature of every lodge meeting. They covered every aspect of human knowledge from science, philosophy, religion, and anthropology to literature. If it had to do with the advancement of the mind, it was studied in Lodge. Men eagerly attended those meetings, expecting to be informed and challenged in both mind and spirit. In addition, feasting, fun, jocularity, and conviviality were an integral part of every Lodge night. Men expected to be entertained as well as informed. The lectures, when mixed with bread, cheese, fruit, drink, and laughter, were events that inspired the male psyche. If you could have visited an American lodge of the same period, men were packed in to be informed about the political and economic activities of the day. It wasn't a partisan activity. It was simply that Masons saw themselves as a legitimate part of a universal association involved with moving society forward. Many lodges were distinguished by their political and social prominence. Freemasons were men who were active in their communities and their governments. They believed that education in social morality was essential to a free people. The Lodge guided men in the business of reorganizing their own institution while giving its members global protection in a mobile and often hostile world.
These were indeed special times to be a Mason, but every generation creates special times to be men. Unfortunately, too many of our lodges today have lost almost all of these important traditions. It's a sad thing. There is a disease wasting of our fraternity and threatening to reduce Masonry to little more than the preservation of a few marvelous words and precepts whose meanings are little understood and too often discounted as mere preachments clothed in an outdated language that means little and affects less. This disease can best be identified by two words, no expectations. If we want Masonry to be recognized as a viable part of our community, we have to expect that from it. If we want our lodge experience to be a stimulating adventure, we have to expect that this will occur at every meeting. If a lodge desires to give more to meeting local charitable needs than any other organization in town, that begins with the expectation to do so. If we want to be a force in our community, if we want people to see us as an organization for today's times, if we want to make good things happen in our world, if we want to influence the lives of our members, we have to expect that these things really can happen. This is corporate business of masonry. It's the only reason we exist, and our Masonic forefathers would have expected us to be carrying the torch of progress in our own time. We can only expect to accomplish such things when we decide and lodge that we indeed have worthy expectations. The man who sits in the master's chair must expect to shine before he can reflect light. Our responsibility to him is to help him meet our expectations as members. It's a cooperative venture, a process of growing together, working together, and living our own dreams. The process of renewing our fraternity happens in Lodge, one meeting at a time. It's what's in each meeting that counts. The following article is from the MidnightFreemasons.org website and is called How to Run a State of Meeting by Midnight Freemason contributor, Right Worshipful Brother, Michael H. Shirley. Todd Creason's post, Where Did All Our Freemasons Go?, has struck a nerve. With over 3,000 hits in the first 24 hours, countless sharings on Facebook, many of which were prefaced with, You Have to Read This, and a fair amount of buzz elsewhere, it's clear that there are a lot of Masons who want something more at their state of meetings than paying bills and reading minutes. Actually, it's been clear for a while now. Laudable Pursuit, the book by Knights of the North, addressed the very points Todd does and more and you should immediately go read it if you haven't already. There's one thing Todd didn't mention, though, and it's essential to his call for reform. The worshipful master has to know how to run a meeting. Too many brothers elected to the Oriental chair are inexperienced in such manners and are so concerned with getting the ritual right that they ignore other fundamentals. So let me offer a few suggestions. One, have a printed agenda with enough copies for everyone. Make it as detailed as you can, and be sure you've asked your brethren for additions to it. It should not be solely your creation. If your Grand Lodge has a suggested agenda sequence, mine does, by all means follow it, but add details to it and print it up. It's already on the back cover of the Book of Constitutions is not a good reason to be lazy. It's your Lodge's agenda, and it's essential to running a good meeting. Take input before the meeting. This is not just for finding agenda items, but to involve everyone in the Lodge's business and to give younger officers and members a sense of ownership. If you call or email every Lodge member and ask if they have anything they want in the agenda, they may have nothing, but they're more likely to take it seriously and more likely to show up. You'll get more done over the course of your year, too. Make sure the Secretary has the minutes printed up with enough copies for everybody. Better yet, have him email them to the members ahead of time. 
Post them on the wall in the dining room. We don't need to hear them read. Really, we don't. There's no good reason to do it. So let the brethren read them before the meeting and devote your time to more important things. Be decisive but respectful. We all know the brother who needs to comment on everything, extensively, to no apparent purpose. There's a reason my Grand Lodge limits comments on legislation. As Worshipful Master, it's your job to give the brethren an opportunity to speak and to listen carefully and respectfully. They're your brethren, and they deserve your serious attention. It's also your job to decide when there's been enough talk about a particular subject, make a decision, call for a vote if necessary, and move on. Of course, if the 90-year-old past master who shows up everything decides to spend five minutes in the middle of new business talking about the good old days, let him. He's earned the right, and you could learn something. When he's done, thank him. Keep an eye on the clock. As a teacher, I've presided over classes in which spirited and intelligent discussion was an everyday occurrence, where no one wanted to leave when the class ended. The class still ended, and it was my job to make sure the discussion stayed on point and to end it when the time came. The time always came. A stated meeting has no set period, but keeping an eye on the clock will help you move things along. That said, curb your impatience. The pie can wait. If there's good discussion or education going on, let it. Don't be in a hurry to move on to the next thing. Of course, you shouldn't let things just meander either. Have Masonic education at every meeting, but keep it relatively short, usually no more than 15 to 20 minutes at the most, and that only when you have a guest speaker or floor reconstruction. Keep a few items of Masonic interest in your back pocket so that if your speaker doesn't show or you just forgot to arrange something in advance, you're not forced to skip it. Embrace serendipity. Allow your lodge to take the discussion in new directions. You'll be amazed at what you discover. Together, we can come up with amazing ideas, but only if the worshipful master allows the conversation to evolve. Make sure everyone knows what to do after the meeting is over. If you have a past master's dinner to schedule, roadside cleanup to arrange, a pancake breakfast to organize, assign tasks to people, better yet, take volunteers, and make sure those people know what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it. Make sure the secretary writes them in the minutes. Your job after the meeting is to follow up with everyone. Yes, you should delegate, but you can't delegate following up. These suggestions are mine, based on my experience. Others have offered their own, and there are surely more that I haven't found. The point is, running a meeting requires planning, communication, and determination. The whole of your largest year may depend on how seriously take, you take your job as Worshipful Master in this most mundane of things. As always, these are my suggestions based on my experience. And that was written by Right Worshipful Brother Michael H. Shirley. Michael H. Shirley serves the Grand Lodge of Illinois, AF&AM, as Leadership Development Chairman and Assistant Area Deputy Grand Master of the Eastern Area. A certified lodge instructor, he is a past master and life member of Tuscola Lodge No. 332 and a plural member of Island City Lodge No. 330, F&AM, in Minocqua, Wisconsin. He currently serves the Valley of Danville, AASR, as Most Wise Master of the George E. Burrow Chapter of Rose Croix, he is also a member of the Illinois Lodge of Research, the York Rite, Eastern Illinois Council Number no. 356 Allied Masonic Degrees, Eastern Star, Eleni High 12, and the Tall Cedars of Lebanon. The author of several articles on British history, he teaches at Eastern Illinois University. You can contact him at m.h.shirley, that's S-H-I-R-L-E-Y, at gmail.com. So, 
This is Aaron Reddick. I am currently the Worshipful Master of Solomon Staircase Lodge number 357 in Buena Park, California. <clears throat> and I wanted to actually do an episode talking about the state of meeting. So we just shared a couple of articles. And one of the other things I wanted to read real quick here is, for those of you who aren't quite sure by now what a state of meeting is, this is straight from Robert's Rules of Order from roberts-rules.com. Regular or stated meeting refers to the periodic business meeting held weekly, monthly, or quarterly as prescribed by the bylaws. Each regular meeting completes a separate session. So that is what a stated meeting is. It's the business meeting for a Masonic Lodge. Now, I kind of had something in mind what to discuss, but then as I read this most recent article, I actually kind of wanted to comment on some of the different areas. Have a printed agenda with enough copies for everyone. Now, nowadays with electronics, uh, this article was actually written in 2015 that I just read. With all the electronics nowadays, and at our lodge, we have a lodge app. We have Facebook. We have Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn. We have all that stuff. I don't see the need to print, waste the trees, waste the paper, the ink, and all that stuff, having a printed agenda. But one thing that this did kind of make me realize is... I could use the Lodge app to publish the agenda before the meeting. Pretty much everybody in our Lodge has got their phone, and so then they could see before the meeting, you know, I usually publish it a couple days prior, they could see what the plan is of what we were going to discuss. And as it said in here, that gives everybody a chance to reach out to me and say, hey, I've got some other things I'd like to bring up. Uh, which then ties in with the point number two in this article of taking input before the meeting. Now, I do always reach out to the secretary and the other pillars, uh, the senior and junior warden, but I do like the fact of sending this out and seeing if anybody else has something to bring up. That could also help make the end of the meeting a little shorter when you ask if people have things to discuss. Number three, make sure the secretary has the meeting minutes printed up with enough copies for everybody. That's not something we do. It's not something we ever have done. And honestly, I doubt anybody would really want to have the, a copy of the minutes. Um, and I'm pretty sure that this is required in California that we do read the minutes. There was actually legislation one year to be able to send them out ahead of time. And then just basically at the state of meeting say, you know, they're approved as submitted or as distributed but that failed. So in California, at least, we still have to read the meeting minutes of the prior uh, stated and special meetings. Oh, be respectful and decisive. That's definitely true for any, any lodge, any meeting of any type. Uh, keep an eye on the clock. That is for sure. One of the things that I always try to do, I try to keep our stated meetings to about 45 minutes when possible. Now, that's not always possible. Sometimes you have things like uh, we recently had to do installation of a couple of officers who were sick and could not make the annual installation. That added some time. Uh, the February meeting, we also have to do annual reports. That adds time. And there might be other things that cause some discussion and end up taking a lot of time. But again, my goal is to try to make a meeting, a state of meeting 40 to 45 minutes on average. We always have dinner ahead of time, so from 6.30 to 7.30 we have dinner, so you've had a chance for everybody to socialize, spend time together, and, you know, just kind of catch up on what's going on. And then the other thing that is kind of a you know, tradition at our lodge, sometimes before but almost always after 
the state of meeting. Several of us will stand around. We'll light up cigars. We might have a couple of adult beverages that somebody's brought with them. And we hang out and we talk and we kind of catch up a little bit more. So one of the main reasons that I like to try to get get it done early is nobody wants to sit there for two and a half hours in a state of meeting. But the other side is that allows us to get out and spend more time with fellowship. Uh, curb your impatience. The pie can wait. Yes, that's true. Some There are some times when things get going and uh, run a little longer than you'd planned. And you might have uh, expected the meeting to be 45 minutes and you're running at the hour and a half mark. But you know, it's a good discussion. Next point in the article was have Masonic education at every meeting. Now, this is something interesting. I've done every year as master is at the very least is have something from the California Masonic Code read to at least kind of keep people apprised of some of the sections of the code. And that's not something that's in our agenda from our monitor, but when you are installed as master, that's part of the installation program. And when the master is being told of his duties, it's to cause portions of the CMC to be read. So that's normally what we do as Masonic uh, education. But after reading through this and talking to some other people, I think what I'm going to start doing is actually seeing if we can get some, you know, basically actual education other than just the CMC. Maybe take 10, 15 minutes and talk about one of the the implements of architecture or maybe something from one of the, the first degree because we do our state of meetings in the first degree. Embrace serendipity. Allow your lodge to take discussion in new directions. Yes, we've had some great, great discussions, and we've come up with some great ideas as sometimes the the meeting kind of tends to uh, evolve. Make sure everyone knows what to do after the meeting is over. Now that, I'll give our secretary, I know this article basically says up to the master, but our secretary and our assistant secretary usually do a really good job of following up after the meeting with the uh, the action items that were assigned which has been a big help for all of us. And I think that's that's kind of hitting the points in this article. Now, outside of that, uh, let's go through a stated meeting with our lodge. So we have the dinner, we come in, we do the introductions. Now, not every lodge does this, but one of the things that is tradition at our lodge is we start off as soon as we do the Pledge of Allegiance, we introduce the past masters, Hiram Award recipients, Golden Vets, and then any visitors we have. We do that every meeting at some point. At a state of meeting, we do it at the beginning. When we have a degree, especially a first degree, I like to wait till after the degree is over before we close. So that new initiate now gets to hear the, you know, the past masters, like what year they were master, and hear a little bit more about these guys that he's got to know. Maybe maybe he hasn't really found out or realized that that's, this person was a master of the lodge two or three times. So we go through, we do the agenda items, we do the new business, we do balloting if we need to, we go over bills and communications. Now communications is one thing. When possible, I like to have read during dinner um, to try to cut down the meeting time. Uh, figure at that point if we can discuss that stuff during dinner it's not esoteric then that just cuts the the meeting time down a little bit um, so we go through the new business we go through the unfinished business one thing uh, that I like to do hopefully when I get the information ahead of time is to go through the birthdays and anniversaries 
not necessarily of every member of the lodge that month, because there's a lot of guys in our lodge that none of us have ever met. We, you know, they, they were maybe active at one point in time, but they've moved somewhere else around the country or around the world. But we at least kind of recognize the, the members and their families of the guys that we, we see or we know of fairly, uh, fairly well. So we go through the birthdays and the anniversaries, and then usually end up, uh, well, not end up, but then the next thing I'll do is, is thank yous. So thank you to whoever provided the dinner. Thank you to the people who cleaned up. And if there's been other things that have gone on, we'll thank them. Make sure that they understand how much we as a lodge appreciate the work they've done. And then we finally, we end up with the calendar and kind of talk about what's coming up, knowing that even though it is in the trestle board and it's on the app and it's on Facebook, sometimes it's just a matter of hearing it there at the state of meeting to kind of to, to get it, you know, a jog your memory a little bit of what's coming up. And the other side of that is sometimes there's things that come up that I had forgotten or didn't know about, and it allows me to kind of pop it onto the calendar as well. So anyways, that... Uh, it concludes this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any comments or suggestions, you know, please feel free to comment on the app or send us an email or whatever you want to do. We always look forward to hearing your feedback. So thanks. Have a great evening. And again, thanks for listening to our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.